Hey, everybody. Today, I'm going to give you a little uh, guided tour of some of the most childish, misleading non-journalism you're ever going to hear in the form of a quote-unquote finance podcast produced by NPR. The show is called Planet Money, and the episode is titled A Black Market, A Currency Crisis, and a Tango Competition in Argentina. And it really kind of got under my skin listening to this because the giddy girls who put this together made it seem like hyperinflation was just uh, like a fun little inconvenience and a valuable opportunity for foreigners to come in and buy shoes on the cheap, not the devastating phenomenon that it is and how it literally destroys lives. Let's get started. Ugh, Argentina. If you want to understand what happens when inflation really goes off the rails, go to Argentina. Annual inflation there over the past year was 124%. Even in a country that's already deeply familiar with economic chaos, this is dramatic. So a couple of weeks ago, we went to Argentina to see what this all looks like. And we arrived along with thousands of other foreigners because even as the country's economy was tanking, it's Mundial de Tango. The biggest tango competition in the world with a very charming MC, Mr. Carlos Lin. That show was still on. Yeah, how bad can inflation really be? Like she said, they're already deeply familiar with economic chaos. But let's get to what's really important. They're dancing and having fun. If you want to really see all of the strange things that are happening in Argentina as inflation spikes and the Argentinian peso tanks, they are easiest to see through the eyes of an outsider. That's because this country's history of economic turmoil goes back a long time. So for anyone who lives here, they're kind of used to it. So we are here to meet one dancer in particular. Her name is Saya Date. Saya works in tech in India, and late last year she sold a company she founded. She decided she could afford to spend a few months on this thing that she loves, tango. Okay, so now we're starting to get a real feel for the journalism in this piece. That's right. Rather than get the picture about how devastating inflation is to the people who live in Argentina and have seen their life savings decimated, let's meet a wealthy entrepreneur from India who's there to dance, and spoiler alert, buy some shoes. Saya's been in Buenos Aires since the end of June. And in those few months alone, she has seen Argentina's economic crisis get much worse. And she's the one who said to us, Tango can help explain the economy here. Okay, so now you know we're in for some real data-driven, toothy econ journalism. Hello, and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Amanda Aronchik. And I'm Erica Barris. Right now, the country's currency, the peso, it's collapsing. Argentina's poverty rate is above 40%. And people here might be on the verge of electing a far-right libertarian who is promising to replace the peso with the dollar. Okay, so a couple of things. First off, the far-right libertarian they're referring to is Javier Millet. He's a presidential candidate this year. And yes, he is a controversial figure. And yes, he's got some very conservative views, like very conservative. But he's got a couple master's degrees in economics. Supposedly, he's published more than 50 papers uh, and written a couple of books on econ. And well, without getting too deep into his bio, he's forgotten way more about economics than the silly cows who host Planet Money are ever going to know. But 
true to form on NPR, all you have to do to identify an evil villain is call them, quote, far right. And the 20-something waterheads who are listening, that's all they need to know. He's a bad guy. Either way, Mele definitely has some strange uh, policy beliefs. Like, for example, he wants to legalize human organ sales. So how about that for libertarian? But a couple of the economic policies he's advocating for include the abolishment of the Argentine Central Bank and swapping out the dollar for the peso, like she said. But once again, let's hear the distaste in her voice when she tells us he's prescribing dollarization. Promising to replace the peso with the dollar. Note that she sounds like that's a preposterous concept. Well, apparently, young Erica has never been to Panama, El Salvador, or Ecuador, all of which are on the dollar standard. I'll tell you, being on a dollar standard and losing 2 to 10% of your purchasing power every year is a hell of a lot better than losing 90%. But anyway, this Mille guy is an interesting story, and it's worth spending a couple hours reading about him. I'm not saying you should like him or dislike him, but... Having an economist who aligns with the Austrian school in power there in Argentina might be just what they need. Let's continue. Today on the show, we are on a mission with our tango dancer, Saya. We're going to follow her through the streets of Buenos Aires, meet everyone she meets, and try to understand what is it like to live in an economy that's on the edge. Again, following around a wealthy tourist who's getting better and better prices on shoes as time goes by thanks to a collapsing currency isn't exactly what you'd call boots-on-the-ground journalism. But the 20-somethings listening to Planet Money, they're loving it. And now we're off. First thing we're going to do is go see a shoe seller. Like everyone else in this country, Saya has been watching the dramatic drop in value of the peso over the last few weeks. People here watch the exchange rate between the dollar and the peso... As you might watch the weather forecast, checking a few times a day, treating it as a barometer of the overall economic health of the country. When Saya first arrived in June, one U.S. dollar was worth about 490 pesos. Two months later, one U.S. dollar is worth more than 700 pesos. Saya planned her shoe shopping knowing her dollars were only going to go up in value. For me, I bought like two pairs so that I can uh, practice and compete right off the bat, like as as soon as I got here. But I saved my shopping for the very end. See, inflation isn't bad. Tourists get cheaper zapatos with each passing day. Argentina's inflation is awesome. We're going to go visit the shoe seller because we want to know how a small business deals with a currency in free fall. But we start to see things immediately even before we get to Neo Tango. Because the minute you do anything or meet anyone in Argentina, you wind up learning about the economy. Like on our car ride. We get in, start chatting with the driver. His name is Juan Pablo Gospina Gomez. And I ask him the question we plan to ask pretty much everyone we meet here. You, when the, when the peso uh, starts to get devalued and is worth less and less, uh-huh. what, what, how does that work for you? Like, what do you have to do differently? I have to find another job. <laughs> it will be complicated for Juan Pablo to find another job because he's already got three. He's weekend Uber driving, selling Natura products, which are kind of like Avon, but from Brazil. And then there is his main job. So now they finally talk to an actual Argentinian, and he's got to hold down three jobs to make it. But... He offers up a nice jovial laugh in his response, so how bad could it really be? Then they discover his main job, 
is working for the company that makes Oreos. So there's another round of giddy levity as they talk to him about how much they love Oreos. You girls are doing some hard-hitting reporting here. Thankfully, I am working in a good company, so like the in inflation and stuff is like not so hard for me. There are other people that are like suffering more or having more trouble to get to the end of the month. Saya is listening to all this, and she gets stuck on what inflation means if you have a regular job and paycheck. She jumps in with a question. Does Oreo also adjust your salary based on inflation? Or? Sure, yes, because inflation is like 10%. He's talking about monthly inflation. In August, it was over 12%. They, they increase our salaries at least three times per year. This is wild to me. Inflation is so ordinary here, many employers promise regular raises. Otherwise, their workers' standard of living would just drop and drop and drop. Getting a raise two or three times a year, it's pretty normal. Not just if you work for a big company, it works this way for a lot of government employees too. Which is unsustainable. The government is essentially printing money to fund those raises. And printing money, yeah, that causes more inflation. Seriously, that's very convenient that they showcase a guy who happens to get regular raises that help him keep up with the rate of inflation. But it wouldn't have been all fun and giggles if they would have interviewed someone like a retiree or a senior citizen who's watched his net worth go down the toilet. And, you know, that's the dark side that they don't apparently think is important enough to illuminate. A couple of years ago, I heard a podcast interview with an Argentinian dude whose father basically lost his life savings three times due to out-of-control inflation. So think if you worked, saved, worked, saved, and you got your 401k to a million dollars, then in the course of a couple of years, inflation robs you of 80 to 90% of its purchasing power, and now you've got to live the rest of your life on 100 grand. At least at the very end of that clip, Erica states that uh, printing more money causes more inflation. They glance past it, but at least it's there. So, and who prints, who prints more money? Well, it's the central banks, right? And Malay, he wants to abolish the central bank. So maybe that's not such a bad idea after all. Saya, Eric, and I walk up to a very shishi boutique. Zapatos, shoes. This looks fancy. We get buzzed in, and there are shelves and shelves of strappy high heels. Saya finds what she's looking for and goes up to pay. How much? How much is it going to cost? In dollars, sixty-nine. Sixty-nine dollars. Okay. And what would it be in pesos? Uh, forty-nine thousand pesos. Okay. Forty-nine thousand pesos. In a country where the largest denomination is two thousand pesos, people sometimes end up walking around with very, very large stacks of bills just to buy regular things like a pair of shoes. Nothing like covering the inflation problem through the lens of buying shoes at a very shishi boutique. And it's almost like they want you to think that the most inconvenient result of inflation is having to carry around a large wad of bills. Those poor, poor people. So uh, let's hear a bit more from the shoe store owner. How often is the price changing? Ultimamente, por lo menos una vez por mes. He says lately, at least once a month. Y en dos semanas, tres veces. You had to change the price three times in the last two weeks. Sí. And you were changing it to go up or to go down? Cambiándolo para que lo precio va en no. arriba o para abajo? Siempre para arriba. <laughs> Siempre. <laughs> Nunca para abajo. No. Prices here, he says, always go up, never down. 
again. Laughter and mirth in the face of having to raise prices three times in the last two weeks. You know, it's almost like they're setting us up to meet the real villain. Just when everything is fun and happy and things aren't really that bad, the cost of goods is going up multiple times a month, but things could get way worse. Amanda and Erica need a boogeyman to come in and take a bad situation and make it really, really bad. Now, inflation has been a problem in Argentina for a long time, so his store is used to raising prices. But in August, the peso really took a hit. It happened after this far-right presidential candidate, Javier Malay, unexpectedly came out ahead in a primary election. People freaked out, there was a run on dollars, the peso got devalued, and inflation spiked. Okay, there you have it. Our villain, Javier Millet, makes his appearance. So rather than focusing on corrupt central banking practices and money printing, we're going to give our listeners something a bit more convenient to blame the problem on and perfectly targeted to our 28-year-old listener base, someone on the far right. So just to clarify, on August 13th this year, a U.S. dollar cost 287 Argentine pesos. On August 14th, that jumped to 349. So yes, that's a crazy spike. But to put it into a broader context, on January 1st of 2023, it only cost 176 pesos to buy a dollar. So again, if you're an Argentine senior citizen and you were holding your wealth in pesos or peso-denominated assets between January 1st and today, you've seen 49% of your wealth evaporated. This isn't fun, and it's not funny, no matter how lightly it's portrayed by these silly women. On and off for years, the country has been manipulating its exchange rate. Instead of letting the rate float around on the whims and winds of market forces, like most major economies do— the government now controls it. And they've set an official rate that claims the peso is worth far more than it really is. And you can tell just how far off that official rate is by coming here to one of the country's many black markets. Okay, so in an economy where the government and central bank can A, print money, and B, implement what is essentially price controls on their currencies you're going to have distortions and you're going to have inflation and the market isn't going to line up with the price-controlled asset. But rather than help people understand the root problems, they glance by and move to how people have to use the black market to escape the peso for the stability of the U.S. dollar. I'm going to skip this because it's utterly predictable. People sell dollars in quote-unquote illegal transactions, but nobody's enforcing the law. And by the way, the market does set the price, and the price is much different than the official government price. Now, as tourists walking out of an exchange, Buenos Aires is wildly cheap. But if you live in Argentina and you want to exchange your pesos for dollars, the rate you get at the caves is terrible. You'd much rather buy dollars at the official rate. But... The government puts up a bunch of barriers to that, because if they gave people unlimited access to that rate, the government would be running out of dollars in no time. So they keep adding more and more rules to keep people from buying dollars at the official rate. So this begs the question, if the government is screwing its citizens, if the citizens want dollars, but they have to pay twice what the government sets as the exchange rate, why wouldn't the idea of just dollarizing your system be the best possible solution. 
Well, there's a lot of answers, and unfortunately, most are informed more by politics than sound money economics. But here on NPR, that option, that dollarization option, is a distasteful move toward the far right. But let's get back to the most important part of this economic crisis. What about her dress? What's she wearing? It's the next day, and we are back at the tango competition. When we find Saya, she's in an amazing dress. Teal and black and silver, sequins everywhere. Oh my goodness. I don't even know, uh, I don't know if I would recognize you. But what about the shoes? What about the shoes, girls? Keep in mind those high heels. Thank you. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, next, they meet a dude named Martino Choa. He's at the tango competition shooting video. I'll spare you the details, uh, but no, they didn't cover what he was wearing. At the very heart of this country's economy, there is a lie. And so people find ways around it. Like a lot of people, Martin says he is worried about the upcoming presidential election. The country may bring to power that libertarian outsider who said he wants Argentina to dollarize, send the peso reeling once and for all. So now they call Millet an outsider. FYI, Javier Millet was born in Buenos Aires, so I don't know if it's really fair to call him an outsider. But again, I'm not going to defend his policy proposals, and I don't, I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but the NPR girls seem to think the peso, which is in a continued freefall, is just an inconvenience. And hell, people get raises from their jobs, don't they? Um I intentionally didn't do a full bio on Miele, but he is a legit economist. Legit. Our journalists on this beat, Amanda Aronzik and Erica Barris, are not economists. They're radio producers who, as proven by this piece, have no real interest in how the economy of Argentina really works. And they have even less interest in educating their listeners. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this little breakdown. I will be back soon and have a great one. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement, investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com. 